you feel that? No. The you, the energy? No, that like I can't quite put my finger on it, but something's different in here. Is it the? Do you, did you not feel that? Uh, you have a new mug. You don't have the, the. Well, you have an old mug. I have an old mug. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. It. I'm sure that's what it is. Welcome to the Video Reformation Podcast. I'm Ben Oliver. I'm Justin Plant. We are the co-founders of Storyboard Media and your guides to practicing effective video for business. We're like the Agent K to your Agent J in Men in Black. Hmm. Yes. On this episode, we'll be discussing some of the more interesting points that jumped out us from Vidyard's 2021 benchmark. Oh, sorry. Vidyard's 2021 video and business benchmark report. Um, before we jump in, uh, I'd like to thank our new sponsor for this episode. Oh, yes. Yes. Our new sponsor for this episode is ai.io.ai.org. Orc? Orc. Or, oh, Orc. the G. It's the, it's the nasal thing, I think. Yes. Yeah. It's <clears throat> uh, suffering from some allergies or something. Some, some non-COVID-related medical mm-hmm. issues. Um, yes. So we'll hear the full spot from our sponsor, AI.io.ai.org. Org. Uh, later so on. So it's a nonprofit. Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. Good. Um, but for the first time, it's actually, even though it's a nonprofit, it's actually a B2B focused uh, sponsor. We usually end up with yeah, consumer cons- packaged yeah. goods, but, but yeah. yeah. So Fantastic. stick around. Fantastic. Stick around for that one later on. Um, I'd love to jump into the topic right now, but I do feel like we have to address the elephant in the room. Yeah. Which is the room. Yeah. This it's is our new studio. This is our new studio. Check it out. Yeah. What do you, what do you want to point out, Ben? Let's, um, let's see. There's a beautiful blue accent wall. Yeah. Here. It's no longer a black void behind <laughs> us. Um, a lot of knickknacks. We got a lot of knickknacks over here. The only thing that's really the same is you, me, and the sign. It's pretty much the only thing that's the same. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, welcome to our new video podcast studio. If you're listening, uh, you're just going to have to find the video episode uh, to see what we're talking about here. And that's why the video version is better than the audio only Would version. you like me to enter your airspace again, or do you want to... <laughs> I think it's... There you go. There you go. Okay. Um, yes. Much better. All right. Good. You keep an eye on my collar yep. and um, just slowly do this. Okay. And then when I feel uncomfortable, I'll fix my collar. All right. Um, all right. So, yes. Anyway, welcome to our new video podcast studio. <laughs> um, so, we're going to talk about Vidyard's 2021 video and business benchmark report, which has just recently been released. Um, You know, 2020 was kind of a weird year. Mm. So I think there's some interesting things in this report uh, that when you compare 2020 to 2019, um, I think we'll end up discussing some things that were that are pretty obvious Mm -hmm. uh, in retrospect. I also feel like uh, 2022's report will be a little bit of a bounce back report um i think uh i think with 2021 being a little bit more normal a year i think we'll see some of these perhaps uh some of these things maybe recorrect um yes but anecdotally it's been probably the busiest 
start to a year we've ever had. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, and I'm, I'm talking primarily because I think one of the big themes in this report is, is one of the points that I wanted to, to bring up first is this. Ooh, don't jump into that. Okay. Just so people know what the 2021 video benchmark report is. So Justin, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about what well, I highlighted it here because I, I thought well, people yes. might need to know. Yes. Um, it analyzes uh, businesses' use of video to support sales, marketing, and communication efforts. These findings are based on firsthand data collected from a sample of Vidyard customers, including more than 760,000 videos over a 12-month period from January 1, 2020 to December 31, 2020. So just so they know where this stuff is coming from. Okay. Um, thank you. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that I wanted to point out first is they ended up in this report almost having to break out every metric by separating out user-generated videos mm-hmm. by produced videos. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about it before, right? We talked about it during the year last year. I mean, using video for selling, one-to-one asynchronous video was becoming a thing mm-hmm. and then was just was just absolutely launched into the stratosphere last year because everybody was working from home. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, in this report, 60% of those, how many videos did you say that they looked at? 760,000. 60% of those videos were user-generated. Um, user-generated being that they used some kind of um, Video, t- recording tool, tool to record yeah. themselves, basically, yeah, as, opposed as opposed to yeah. producing content. And so, uh, to be perfectly honest, I tried to focus on a lot of the produced videos parts of this. Not that there isn't value to the user-generated parts of this, but I see that now we're going to have to separate out generated content from produced content when it comes to video for business. Sure, I think that's one of one of the most one of the most obvious things to me out of this is that we have to speak about them. I mean, sixty forty, but at least fifty fifty, and they're very different games. Yeah, I, I was really encouraged to see that because one of the things that I was trying to get to catch on over the past couple of years is like helping companies build a video culture. Sure. And now it's more obvious than ever that that's becoming a thing. So thank me for that. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, but I'm really glad to see that. And I think it's just, it's, it's a far better communication tool than email. So why shouldn't we be using this Yeah, more often? And I, and, and I would just caution anyone who, who does read this report to, to understand the differences between the two also, because the resources that go into them are, uh, likely different, vastly different. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's a completely different world to, you know, build a studio like this. Mm-hmm. How and, long did that take us? <laughs> and uh, two weeks. Yeah. Just from one episode whatever, to the next. Yep, that's right. Yep. Um, magic. Um, these kinds of resources to, you know, just giving giving a, a salesperson a, a free Chrome extension mm-hmm. where, where they can do that. So just because 60% of the videos that were created last year were user-generated doesn't mean that 60% of the resources for video went into those kinds of videos. Right. Uh, it would pro- it's probably closer to six. Yes. Yes. In fact, More or less. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. But yeah, I think that was the big thing that jumped out for me was, was that this was... 
this this kind of necessitates the divide between produced video content and and user generated mm-hmm. video content. Um, what jumped out? At, what's one thing that jumped out at you? I don't know. I'm just gonna. I I know we said like let's both come with five things, and there'll probably be some overlap. That was the plan. Um, <laughs> I just went through this thing and made comments all over the the pages. So do you just want to go in order and um, pick out? Or do you want to start with one that's really, really like impactful? Well, I just started with one. That was oh, really that was impactful. oh okay. I thought that was like a blanket statement no, about that was just a great okay. way to start. Great, it was a great way to start. And now I'd like to hand off to you. Perfect. And then you'll hand off to me. Okay. So the average number of all videos per company by industry. There's a lot of prepositions. <laughs> yeah, say that again. The average. So this is a chart, but this is describing the average number of all videos, so user generated and produced. The average number of all videos per company by industry. Okay. So if I'm hearing you right, if I am a company in a particular industry, mm-hmm. I look for my industry, regardless of the size of my company, mm-hmm. and this is how many combined produced and user-generated videos companies in my industry made last year. Yes. Yep. Each company. If I'm a pharma company, I'm going to look in the pharma category on the okay. x-axis, and then I'm going to look... Uh, on the the y axis for how many videos each company created within my industry. Now I'm sure we'll bring up a graphic um, alongside this, but uh, for the people following along in the document, what page are we on? Ten, or not? Yeah, ten. But then right next to ten, it has nine of thirty-one. I know. So I'm <laughs> what's on the bottom of the actual printed page? Okay, ten. Okay. So what I found really interesting is so this is the average number of videos per company by industry. I'll say that. <laughs> Yeah. Only for the last time. Can you repeat that one more time? It's interesting. I would expect that companies that produce tangible products, physical physical products, consumer packaged goods, uh-huh. um, they would be a lot higher because it's a lot easier to film a a toy, or I guess in business, maybe not a toy, but let's say a computer, right? Well, toy businesses are businesses. Sure. Yes. Um but it's a lot easier to film and and show that kind of stuff as opposed to showing an API. But consumer package or retail and consumer goods was seventh. So the first one was high tech with 583 videos per company. That's what I have. A, I mean, I have a guess why. Well, sure. What is it? I mean, if we're talking about all videos, my guess is a huge percentage <clears throat> of those videos by high tech companies were sales one-to-one user generated I think they break videos. that out in another slide. So you may be right there. I, I can't remember at the, at the moment. Um, the fir- but the first five do not have tangible products. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, high tech was the highest, 583. Financial services with 490. Education and public services, 433. Media, entertainment, and publishing. And then professional services. All of those before retail and consumer goods. So stop me if I'm stepping on your point. But if you go to page 14 and look at the number of produced videos per company, so if you take out the like sales, the user-generated videos, retail and consumer goods is barely first. It is. With 248. With four so, more videos on average. Yeah, and, and so I think what you're seeing there is if then if you back up to what I'm guessing <clears throat> is page 12, high tech has 339 user-generated videos per company mm-hmm. industry. So they've got these sales forces in high-tech that are just structured differently than 
sure. than retail goods. Huge right? sales teams, you know, and multi-layered sales teams. So, and the, and the the sales process is a lot more complicated than a retail and consumer good. And I imagine that's a part of the reason why there's more video content. Yep. Um, well, and it, and it also makes me feel good. I mean, going back to the you know to the average number of all videos per company by industry on page ten. I mean, it makes me feel like we're in the right space. Working with B two B B two B yeah B two B well yeah I mean even just B two B companies I mean yeah financial services you know, professional services one two three four five six eight of these nine of these are straight up B two B industries a weird little niche that we do have real estate is on the way <laughs> other side of this but yeah and commercial real estate is probably an even smaller chunk yeah. of that yeah um, interesting. But yeah, I mean, just part of it. And so, yes, they do have, tech has a lot more um, user-generated content. But even still, the the produce stuff was really high, right? What was that? Yeah. At like just four less than retail. Yes. Four videos less than retail. And I imagine part of that is just because of the the higher margin products for tech companies. They have They have a scalable good and they have huge sales teams that are, continually in a, in a complicated sales process. I think all that goes into why they have so much video content. Well, let me take a, let me take a, a jump here. If we go to page 18, um, what we're looking at is types of videos businesses have already invested in. So when we think about, um, sorry, this is page 19. Um, when we, when we talk about high tech, um, we see a lot of these types of videos in yep. the high tech space, right? Yep. Some of these are almost, you know, the the first thing you think of product demos. Yep. High tech is the first industry that I think of when I think of product demos. How to's could be more retail, you know, consumer packaged goods, things mm-hmm. like that. Explainers. To me, that's a high tech space kind of thing. Webinars feels very high tech. So what I wanted to point out on this one is that this chart to me is an upside down funnel. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you kind of lot, you well, it know, is a, it is the funnel, right? Well, no, to me, it's an upside down funnel because, um, if you, if you take out internal comms, culture videos, and personalized video mm-hmm. on the bottom there, oh, so thought, that starting thought, thought leadership, leadership sure. stuff is the stuff that's at the top, yep. right? But as you go down that funnel, as we've talked about before, at, you get more specific and you create more pieces of content mm, that go mm-hmm. into deeper detail. Yeah. So if you were to flip this, those explainers, how-tos, and product demos are just getting more and more specific. Yep. So you're creating more pieces of content. Yeah. So I think because the high-tech industry has to have so many more individual specific pieces of content. That's where the volume comes from. So in, in, in my own outside thinking, drawing attention to, to this chart on 19 being an upside down funnel, I think that's why when you look at how top loaded this chart is, that speaks to high tech product demos, how to's explainers, webinars, training videos, all that stuff is where the quantity is. And that's the kind of stuff that, that, Almost every company in the high tech industry or financial services industry need to be putting out there 
to greater explain their more, their less tangible products. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I wonder, like, I wonder if you match this up with uh, views. Because the thought leadership, even though it's 29% mm-hmm. of the videos created or types of videos created, I bet the views would be a lot higher as opposed to a product demo where yes. a specific feature is being displayed. Yes. And I mean, if we really want to get into methodology, I think what we're looking at here is, well, I know what we're looking at here is types of videos businesses have already invested in. So when they did their survey, have you done product demos? 61% said, 63% mm-hmm. said yes. Why do you think thought leadership is so low on that, on this chart? Um, I don't know. I, I don't. Like educational content? Because I feel like that's on the rise, and maybe next year we'll see that it is. Um, I don't know either. I don't know. Usually I'd make up something, but <laughs> I'm too beaten down by this cold to, to put the energy into that. Um, I don't know, but I'd love to see more more thought. You know, maybe it's just that brands are, I don't know, a lot of brands lack the confidence to to put that kind of stuff out there. But, you know, we've, we've positioned ourselves as an expertise-based business for years now. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's, it's kind of second nature to us. Um, shush. It's kind of second nature to us. We want to be seen as, you know, experts. And, and the way to be seen as experts is by sharing your thought leadership, mm-hmm. you know, or sharing your thoughts. Especially in, to become yeah, a thought leader. Yeah. This one isn't really a point. I was just curious what you think they mean on page 12. Um, so this is the average number of user-generated videos per company by industry. I find it odd that communications is almost last. Is that, what do you think communications is in, in this context? What are they talking about? Telecom? Yeah, I mean, there's probably a footnote in here somewhere that could tell... <laughs> They could drive us to the the right answer. You're not supposed to read those. Um, average number of user generated videos per company by industry. So we're talking about the communications industry. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's probably telecom, internet. That isn't provider like that isn't the high tech like software. Yeah, I mean we see some of the weird classifications like that when we do prospect lists and things like that mm-hmm. where. A company that you would think would be in the tech space is actually in the communication space because they make fiber optics. Yeah, so Time Warner, or, or they did Charter. for twenty five years, and and now they have an entire network. And so, I don't know. Yeah, average number of user generated versus produced videos per company by company size. <laughs> you Try really need again. to be looking at these charts. <laughs> it's hard to average if, number. Yeah. Of user, so back to my first point, yeah, right? Yeah. Separating out the user-generated content from the produced content. Mm-hmm. So this is in the section that is breaking down companies of different sizes. Yep. So we're moving from industry to company size. But what we see here in the green is the number of produced videos, and then the blue is the number of user-generated videos. So seeing this comparison mm-hmm. and kind of how these percentages work out are interesting to me. But 
The thing that jumped out to me about this, the voice cracks are nice, aren't they? The thing that jumped out to me about this particular chart is that even those, those companies, those small companies with zero to 30 employees, they're still producing, producing on average 57 videos mm-hmm. per year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, those are small. Co- and, how- and I mean, if you are, if you're listening you're like seed stage and you work 57 for videos. A, or, or a more established company that just has grown as big as it's going to get. Sure. Right? But has, sure. you know, 30 people or fewer. The average company your size is making 57 I just, I don't videos see that happening. I didn't either. In fact, the way I started writing this note was these numbers are always higher than I think. But if you look into the methodology, like you said at the beginning, it's 760,000 uploaded videos. Mm-hmm. How many times have we talked about how we never deliver just one video? Okay. Right? Yeah. So we may produce one anchor video mm-hmm. that we pull three or four promos out of, right? Promo cutdowns yep. out of. Well, if we're uploading those to Vidyard, that's one video we produced but that's four vi- four produced videos that are being uploaded. Yeah, that's true. So, the content is almost all the same. It's just broken up. Yes, or it's supporting, or or it's it's all it it all kind of works together. But even when you think about the the anchor content and two or three, maybe even four promos um, cut down from that, that's still probably 10, 12, 15 anchor pieces of content that you're making. Yeah, but. The way that that I believe that those smaller companies are getting to that seemingly high number is by having that coordinated content, and and so then I would I would also I mean even if you take the the coordinated promotional content, ten twelve videos over the course of the year, if you're a company with zero to thirty people, I, I don't want to sound too self serving here, but like how do you go into that without a plan? Right. Right. It's not, it's not about the Joneses and and feeling like to be a legitimate video marketer, you have to make 57 videos if your company has zero to 30 employees. But if that's the average that's being produced and uploaded, someone's doing a hundred videos, somebody's doing a hundred, somebody's doing fewer. But like, if you're thinking about those quantities, you have to have some kind of plan in place. Mm -hmm. And so to me, it's an encouraging sign that even those smaller companies are producing a decent quantity of produced content mm-hmm. that I think it's an indicator of companies being more deliberate. And again, anecdotally, we've seen that this year. We've had we've sold more springboards this year. Almost more springboards than production contracts. Because people have, and, and I think, I firmly think COVID was a part of it. We got to think about what we're doing before we do it. And so finally, the market is kind of ready for this thing that we've been developing over the last few years. But, but to me, it's just that encouraging. It's just another encouraging data point to see that this volume of produced video content is still being made. And it goes up. I mean, 31 to 200 uh, employees, it's 74 videos. 201 to 600, it's 184 videos. Mm-hmm. That's a decent that's a large quantity of videos. Yeah. Um, that's the that's kind of our sweet spot in terms of the types of clients we work with. Typically, they're... 201 to 600? Yeah. yeah. If, if you had to put it in one of these segments. Yeah. Um, and I'd love to make 184 videos for a client. What I do really like about 
this year is the amount of user-generated content, how, how high it's growing. And I can see that when we talk with Vidyard and they say, oh yeah, this client you're, you're working with, they've been, they're using our free tool and they've got 400 videos out uh-huh. in the first quarter. Yeah. Or they've got, um, they've got 300 free users and they've sent out 15,000 one-to-one videos. And so I'm seeing that more and more. There's a lot of companies that are, this is like a bottom up approach, at least from, a, I think no matter the platform, but especially for, or at least for Vidyard, um, there's a lot of people adopting the technology and then the companies are going to have to buy into it. Just like most of the time they do a slack. Right. Right. Um, and then the, the, you know, CTO is like, fine, bring it in. And it becomes a more legit product within the organization. And that's when I think people we're, when we're going to start. So this is a little bit further behind produced video content in terms of its adoption. <clears throat> and, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, if you're going to make 400 user generated videos in a year, don't you think you'd want a little bit of training or thought as to how you're going to go about doing that? Where are you fitting this into your cadence? How are you presenting yourself? Do you have decent microphone or whatever it is? Like just some of those kind of logistical things even. It's just occurred to me. Do you, it feels like Vigard have gone out of their way to, to define these as produced and user generated as opposed to like marketing and sales. Mm-hmm. But I I feel like the understood part here, the implied part here, is that a huge, like 90% of this user-generated content, my guess, is done by sales teams. Sure. I would, Individuals I would on the sales team. tend to agree with that. So if 60% of the video content that a company is putting out is user-generated what role does marketing play or should play in that content, if any? Well, I don't know. I mean, marketing doesn't necessarily, they're becoming more aligned, but I, I rarely do you see marketing tell sales what to do. Well, effectively. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I just wonder if, if I, I, I don't know. I mean, th- th- this isn't, this isn't a question I prepared this is just something that, that occurs yeah. to me as as we're talking about these things. I mean, I, I, if I, um, so we've got a client, we've got a new client right now, where the uh, one of the leading um, customer service implementation onboarding specialists took it upon himself to make a video mm. that was that was an introduction to the onboarding. Yeah. Program. Right? Immediately post sale, they would, the intention Immediately was they post would. sale, this is what we're going to do over the next three months to get you fully onboarded. Mm-hmm. And the person who's responsible for the brand is in the marketing department. And so this isn't sales and marketing. No, but this is like user generated and marketing. User generated and marketing. There's a person, I think rightly so, in brand who said, whoa, 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 whoa. Mm-hmm. This doesn't great job. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic idea. Yeah. thank you for the initiative. This this does not match our brand standards. This does not reach our brand standards. Yeah. So, <clears throat> is that going to be a more likely scenario where where harnessing the reality of so many individuals putting the company, the brand, the product out there? Does there need to be whether it's in marketing or sales or customer success? 
does there need to be somebody who's responsible for the mm. whatever it is they're responsible the the messaging the tone the all those things that make I up could brand. see a role like a user generated video czar kind of yeah thing. yeah yeah especially if every department is starting to use that uh huh more and more or they're the videos are sure and and their job is to put certain guidelines in place that regardless of the department certain standards sure. are being met that's interesting mm-hmm. uh, should we hear from our sponsor yeah alright so do I need to go to dot Okay. Uh, no, in fact, you don't, because part of the ad is they've actually um, encouraged me to do a test live on the air of this platform. Okay. Which is very exciting to me. <clears throat> so there's a little bit of prepared copy, and then they've prompted me to just run a live test. Okay. They're so confident mm. in this platform. <clears throat> do I need to do anything, or do I just you I just listen, watch, and, okay, watch, listen. Um, there will be a quiz. All right. So pay attention. Okay. Tired of hiring self-important copywriters to create your ad copy, video scripts, or social posts? Of course you are. It's time to finally do what all those targeted LinkedIn and Instagram ads are telling you. Leave it to AI.io.ai.org. With their simple... Ca- catchy name. Yeah, AI... Dot io, dot AI, dot org. Is it okay? With their simple interface, just start your first sentence, and it pretty much writes itself from there. Oh, my email does that. For example, I typed, and here we go. This is the live test, right? Okay. I've just typed in, "Have you ever?" Should you put your fingers up? Have never, you ever? Never have it. And into their platform, and this is what it wrote for me. All right, fantastic. Have you ever had a family member who you consider your absolute best friend and you take that person out for the car, but in any case you end up hating on them the way my grandmother does? And she ended up getting sicker and worse that whole time because of her drug addiction. And the more you hate on her, the worse she will get. So even though she is my absolute best friend and one of the best people I know, the truth is she wants what she wants. So if you want someone that is your absolute best friend who deserves to be loved and loved so much, then do what you did the day the relationship broke up. What do you say to your boyfriend about it? When I talk to my boyfriend on the phone, he says, you know, I want someone in there who gets all depressed and wants to be with someone else. And I'm not going to get into that, but I do care. He's my friend. He's my friend. He doesn't stop. And I know he's just trying to get some relief from it. He's not going to let things go in any way. He does know that some of it is an emotional story. He and I will get there. How much money do you make out of this relationship? Well, I do. $250,000. No, I'm not trying to get anything out of his money. I just have to do my... I mean, it's flawless. Right? Yeah, oh, I thought I was supposed to fill in the blank. No, that, no. that no, it wrote itself. That's I that's, just have to do my. I just have to do my, and that's where it ended. Oh, right? just do me. Maybe yeah, no, I just no. Have to do me. I just have to do my. Oh, and then it's good. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's it's like watching androids dream of electric sheep. Mm. It's just it's just 
Fascinating. So <clears throat> if you're looking to replace your copywriter, try AI.io.ai.org or maybe just stick with your copywriters for a while. Have you seen AI make pictures of things? I have. Is that that's fascinating? Um, I also legitimately plugged this in. I imagine you did. <laughs> and um, and this was the first try, so I, I didn't even want to go with the most absurd. Okay. So um, yeah, have you I, ever? I yeah. So I'd like to thank AI.io.ai.org for being our new sponsor, but. Feel like maybe a little work to do. There's still. a couple kinks in the. Yeah. 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 Well, check cleared. <laughs> All right. Um, I don't know whose turn it is, so why don't you go? I'll do it. Video distribution, page 20. Page. Do you have anything on that page? 20. I do not. My next is on page 24. Okay. Well, part of the reason for this podcast or this episode is to just kind of explain what some of the the trends are. And I think this is just more like, okay, let's dig into this. Let's understand why it might be this way and people can take away some pointers or what what whatnot. Um, so I did highlight something here. In 2020, 94% reported that video converted the same or better than any other content form. Wow. And that'll come up in one of the points I make. And then... Hold on, let that land. In 2020... 94% reported, so this is respondents to the survey, 94% of respondents reported that video converted the same or better than any other content form. That actually is kind of impressive. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, moving down the paragraph, uh, one channel that has grown exponentially is using video for sales and customer conversations, which increased by 93%. Over the year before. Yep, that makes sense. Um, and so part of that is definitely has to do with the remote nature of the job and, you know, sales. Even in tech sales, uh, you, you're not often in front, especially as like a BDR or something, you're not often in front of somebody. There's not a face-to-face conversation. Yeah. But as, as AEs are having to adapt to remote selling, this has certainly become a huge part of it. And I think... I think it's just obvious that that customer conversations, like and I, I think what they mean by that is like customer success. I don't know for sure. Yeah, I th- it's just obvious that 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 video, user generated video, needs to play a bigger role in customer success. Um, and I think that was just going to happen no matter what. But um, but sales that increases uh, again, not surprising because of the pandemic, but. Um, so over on the chart, so I just wanted to bring a couple of those up. They might support some points here. So this is distribution channels where video content is used. So the various places. So they've got social media, website, YouTube, sales and customer conversations, training, landing pages, email, internal comms. Um, those are all the, ver- <clears throat> the various channels that, they're, that they've brought up here. So uh, distribution channels where video content is used. Uh, social media is on top with 73%. I guess sure. I, I get that. Is, yeah. you, is there anything inter- or surprising to you about that? Um, I mean, it's such a broad category. Yeah, I'm thinking LinkedIn, and so obviously they're not they're not considering YouTube as a social channel here because it's separated, right? So you pull that out, and you've got Instagram, Facebook, Facebook, uh, yeah, 
And so it's, it's not really a surprise. Um, I think a lot of times people are using social media because it has a very broad reach. You can use a hashtag and sure. more easily wind up in someone's feed. Um, and then, you know, especially on LinkedIn, if somebody, you know, comments on a thing, then you'll, you might see it. Um, but it is, it is really ephemeral and there's like, you don't get a whole lot of, you know, bang for your buck out there unless you're paying. And I don't know if they're counting that. Um, but then moving down, you've got website and I think the part of the reason why you see a lot of it, so that's at 70%. Um, part of the reason why you see so much on website, uh, SEO, it's a huge factor in SEO. Yep. Um, it really increases your website engagement and on your website, as opposed to YouTube or somewhere else, you, you have the ability to use more sophisticated tools like Vidyard and Wistia and Brightcove and stuff. Um, and that helps you not just understand your viewer behavior a lot better, but as we mentioned before, 94% reported that video converted the same or better than any other content form. Yeah. That's, you're going to get, you have the opportunity for a lead gen if you have video on your site, whereas on YouTube or social media, lead gen isn't really effective there. You might, you might bring somebody to your site, but it's hard to track any of that. Right. Um, and then just going down the line, like YouTube, of course, it's, it's a huge search engine. That's where you go to look for video content. Um, and you pretty much have to be there, but you're not going to put all of your content there, especially if it's gated content, which is some of the stuff that you're going to pour a lot of money into and, and, and push on your website itself. Yeah. Um, which is interesting to me that the website and landing pages are actually separated. Out. Yeah, I thought so too. But I guess like with HubSpot, you can just create landing pages yep. that aren't necessarily. Well, and, and, I, and I suppose that could answer part of the promotion part too. So if you're doing some kind of paid campaign on social media, you may be driving people to a landing page mm -hmm. where you've got the full video or, or something mm -hmm. like that. So I imagine Form. there, I mean, of course, these numbers aren't supposed to add up to 100%. That's not what this question is about. But yep. I'd yep. like to see email higher. 47%. I, I feel like video is kind of a no-brainer in email. Yeah, and so when you talk about user-generated content, I'm, I would assume that most I, of I, that— I think that has to be excluded from that. That's got to yeah, be. because that's one of the only ways. You can do LinkedIn. You can do Drift. I, my, my guess, and maybe somebody from Vidyard who's listening can comment on this, um, my guess is that email is more specifically— Sending a demo through email. Well, uh, in this case, I was going to say like a marketing email, like through MailChimp mm. or something like that. Right, to so your not list. Oh, because then the sales and customer because conversations customer, would be— it, it is its own category. Sure. And of course, how well explained was it? How well defined was it in the survey too? Because if if I'm going through, yeah, I think I actually participated in the survey. Yeah, they didn't ask I me. I think so. Um, I don't know why we're a client. And and well, because there's two parts of this. There's the demand metric, yeah, survey, and then there's just the video. So of course, anything that we've uploaded to Vidyard was included in in the, the up, in these yeah. upload statistic kind of yeah. things. Um, but yeah, I, my, my guess is marketing email and, and if it is marketing email, then I, I don't know why only 47% of companies are using video in their email. I don't know what it takes to get this done, but somebody out there, 
you figure out how to let videos play in email, it's, that would be interesting. It's, That's a game changer. It's happening more. It's just you don't have control on it because it's on the viewer's end. So the top video distribution channels based on role. So this has marketing, sales, and support as three different roles. And then within each of those roles, where are you distributing your content the most? So marketing's highest channel, distribution channel, highest used distribution channels are website. Not surprised. Mm, not surprising. Social media and YouTube. Those all made a lot of sense to those me. Those make sense. Then you go over to sales. So marketing marketing <clears throat> is putting video on the website, social media, and YouTube. Those are their top three channels. Obvious. Yep. yep. Um, sales. Their top one is social media. I guess I could see that personal LinkedIn posts. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Mostly. Even if they're sharing a company video. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, whether it's them doing something or like user generated or, or it's a marketing piece of content that they're sharing on social media. Um, but that was a little surprising. Number two for sales is the sales prospecting conversations. Uh, So those are those one-to-one. That's what I, yeah. Yep. And that makes a lot of sense. And then if if we guessed correctly, then how would email become sales third? Damn it, I don't know. I don't know either. Um, what if it's automated email follow-up? Like HubSpot. Oh, sequence? Where like you got something sequences. sequenced or you drop somebody into a sequence. or hmm. Okay. This surprises me a lot. Yes, th- for this customer one feels and service, crazy. customer service and support, their top ranked distribution channel is social media. This just feels upside down to me. And then training, and then customer conversations. It does not make sense. social media shouldn't even be on there. I don't get it. Seems like customer success needs help figuring out how to use video, <laughs> perhaps. So if this is in, an open call to... If you're in customer success and we are way off and you have some secrets or ideas that I'm not seeing, I would love to hear about it. No, I'm... No, you're just wrong. Me? You're doing... Oh. No, <laughs> they're just doing it wrong. I, I'm um, willing to... I, I'm, I don't know everything. Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose if there are... I, I mean, I could see recommending to a customer success client... You know, one one of the first things we talk about is creating FAQ videos for the most frequently asked questions. Mm-hmm. But like, the, what are the biggest support tickets? Yeah. What are the most common support tickets? Yeah, what if you can eliminate fifty percent of your you can scale, that ro- like you you don't just want to put it in a place as like an automated response to a ticket submission. Mm-hmm. So if you can put it on there in social, and that's going to come up in somebody's search before. I, I know you're trying, <laughs> right? I, I, yeah. No, they're just wrong. <laughs> it's just easier to to say that that's wrong. I, yeah, that is that is odd. I feel like either we have a lot to learn, or there's something desperately. Low. It's counterintuitive, but it's what the people are telling us. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a really interesting element here on page 24. Um. <laughs> There's, there's a couple things here. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> bottom of the second paragraph. So having an understanding of viewer drop-off. So this is talking about engagement and attention span. 
Having an understanding of viewer drop-off also gives you intel on when you should add in-video CTAs, that's calls to action, to try and push your viewer to the next step before losing them. Regardless of length, an average of 45 viewers made it all the way to the end of a video in 2020, less than the 52% who did, in, uh, who did the same in 2019. So one, because so much more was communicated through video, I think people's attention spans have gotten shorter. They need information quicker. Yeah. Right? And I don't expect that. They have a lot more videos to watch. They've got a lot more <laughs> video to watch. But I think this is this is the and then kind of going to to some of these actual numbers, just over half, fifty-eight percent of viewers watch a business related video all the way through. If it's less than sixty. Just I think that's worth saying. If it's less than sixty seconds. Yep. But only 24 will finish a video. It, 24% will finish a video if it's longer tw- than 20 minutes. A couple points there. One, there should be no expectation, regardless of length of your video, that somebody's going to make it to the end. Do not wait to the end of your video to put your call to action. Because even if it's less than 60 seconds, 42% of people aren't going to make it there. Mm-hmm. And so you've got to you've got to set yourself up to give them some indication of the action you want them to take at some point outside of the end of the video. Mm-hmm. Whether you're using a more advanced platform that allows you to timestamp calls to action, mm-hmm. or you're putting a call to action somewhere on the page where your video is embedded, you're missing a ton of opportunity to get people to do the thing that you want them to do. Manifesto, action, mm-hmm. right? We're asking a very specific audience to take a very specific action. If we only do that at the end, then a minimum of 42% of the people who watch that video aren't ever going to get to the point where they're asked. And we're talking just 60-second videos. Yes. And the longer they get, the more they drop off. And if you go to, you know, at first I was dismissive of, only 24% will finish a video if it's longer than 20 minutes. But go back up to, I want to say, page 15. What percentage of the content that's being made are webinars? 51% of companies are investing in webinars. Mm-hmm. Most webinars are longer minutes. than 20 minutes. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So if if half of companies are investing in webinars and only 24% of viewers are going to make it to the end of something that's 20 minutes or longer... Are you putting any calls to action in your webinars anywhere than at the end? I don't know. We don't make webinars. <laughs> we, we don't. But something for, for our listeners to yeah. think about is you can't just – a video is not necessarily a sales conversation. It's not – you don't have to follow the rule. The rule in sales is – Build the value before you get to the price point, right? Mm-hmm. If you think about that from a messaging standpoint, build the value before you ask them to take the action you want them to take. Mm-hmm. But you, in video, you can't. Because if you take all that time to build it up, you end up only asking them at the end, and you're just missing out You're only out asking on 24% of exactly. people. Exactly. And so you've got to figure out ways to prompt the viewer to take action 
at multiple steps. Yeah. Along the way. I would even say at the like at the kickoff when you say it in the agenda, we're gonna talk about this, this, and this, and at the end we're gonna ask you to sign up for a product demo. Yes. And you can do that below. Yep. Something like that. And you know, I think we need to think about our, our audiences. <clears throat> our audiences as specific as we're we're focusing our content. Um every individual is different. So every individual needs a different amount of information. So it, it may be that, that you've made your first point and somebody's like, Oh, well that solves my issue. I'm, I'm interested sure. in knowing more. Sure. And so they don't have to watch. And if they know what they're supposed to do next, then they'll go do it. Yes. I don't know. That was the, that was honestly the part of this whole report that jumped out the most to me. And maybe it just had the most impact on me because I I'm not always thinking about the ways to to put the action into the message mm -hmm. along the yeah. way. Yeah, um, and it's we so could do a better easy, job. Of that. It's so easy to get caught up, um, and there's so many ways to do it. Right? I mean, it could be it could be part of the script, it could be part of the player, it could be part of the page. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of ways to do it. You just have to make it easy for your viewer to do what it is you want them to do, and. I would say 80% of us by default wait until the end to ask them to do that. Yeah. And, and the numbers just wave Don't a big red that. flag yeah. Yeah. that that can't be the way to do it. Another thing that I thought was, was weird about these numbers and I'm probably overthinking this, but <clears throat> when you go down to the next page and we look at this average engagement for different lengths of video, Mm-hmm. If that yellow line is the engagement over a zero to 60 second long video mm -hmm. and that, that dark green line is, you know, 61 to 120 seconds, mm -hmm. then isn't theoretically 50% of the way through a 120 second video, a hundred percent of the way through a 60 second video. And so is this showing us that 60 seconds into a two-minute video has a 70% retention, but 60 seconds into a 60-second video only has 58% retention? Um, Which I is counterintuitive. I think you are overthinking it. Oh, I'm sure I'm overthinking it, but isn't it? That, but that doesn't invalidate it, does it? Um. I think it's unlikely that the content of a two-minute video is the same as the content of a 60-second video. And so, like, saying that you... So here's, here's what you're trying, or here's what you've said, right? Just to make sure I understand it. If 58% if of people make it all the way through a 60-second video... Uh-huh. But 70% of people make it halfway through a two-minute video. Yeah, which is the same 60 seconds. The, best, the same that's length. What the same, same length. length. Okay, that's what I'm trying to say. Is that the content yes. is different. And if, if you have to make a two-minute video, then I, I see what you're saying. It's interesting. I mean, what, 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 it, <clears throat> what does that say to you? What it appears the data are showing is that you're more likely to get somebody to watch a minute of video if it's two minutes long than if it's one minute long. 
That's what these numbers, that's, what, that's what it appears that these numbers show. Yeah. And to me, that is completely counterintuitive. It also supports your, your theory of putting calls to action earlier in the video. It does. That is interesting. I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> I know. I don't know what to do with it either. It was just something that I couldn't get past. We should test something though with a, with one of our clients, not with our own stuff. <laughs> no, God no. No, we should test something though and make make the content almost the same. Yeah, just like bloviate the two. <laughs> right, like like I almost wish Tyler was here to go over this with us because mm -hmm. I'd want to ask him that question because I just want to see where his brain went with it. Yeah. But anyway, that that was. Well, he's a, probably listening. That was not yes, that was not like necessarily an obvious finding. It was just something that yeah. I mean, it, I mean, if you go straight up statistics, you're more likely right? to get someone to watch a minute. And then what if you just had like the last sixty seconds was just black screen? Right. <laughs> the numbers I, don't. That's what these numbers appear to bear out. It, huh. And it, and it only works there because, of course, at two minutes plus, you're below fifty eight percent completion rate. Yeah. You know, from then on. So, if you, so if you make that be, into smaller segments, yeah. then maybe it would continue. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Kind of I don't fun. know. I, that was just, that was just one of the weird, the weird. <laughs> Imagine pitching that to a client. <laughs> so it's going to be a two minute video with one minute of content. <laughs> but it goes against that old favorite Wistia yeah. study that I love to quote mm -hmm. that, you know, the first 30 seconds is the same content. And people got more people got to the 30 second mark when they knew they only had to give up 30 seconds as opposed to when they thought they had to give up 90 seconds. Mm -hmm. It's it's the opposite of that. Mm -hmm. well, I don't know. Uh, viewer behavior changes. Yeah. I'm just but, I'm intrigued. All right. Do we have any more in here? Um, I think I'm tapped out on the. I guess my note, my note actually, now that I look at my note, question for Vidyard. <laughs> Does this show that one minute retention in a two minute video is higher than one minute retention in a one minute video? 70. So maybe that's what we'll do. We'll ask Vidyard, we'll get a response from them, and we'll share it in the appropriate channels. Perfect. Um, and I have one more apparently. <clears throat> it's on page 27 video content effectiveness measures in use. I highlighted the third paragraph here 65% of marketers and nearly 90% of sales professionals report the importance of accessing video viewing data to qualify leads, engage prospects, or influence deals. Those that use intermediate or advanced analytics typically offered by enterprise video platforms are much more likely to report the return they're getting from video is improving. That sounds like the most obvious thing you could say. It but does, but how many conversations do we have where even our most like savvy marketing clients are like, man, if I could just figure out how to attribute some mm -hmm. legitimate return on investment. Get Vidyard. Yes. Get um, some tool in there. Yes. Stop embedding something that you're, that you're hosting on WordPress or YouTube. Don't yes. put that crap on your site. P put a little bit of money. I actually heard of a new one over the, the weekend called Dub. Have you heard of that hosting mm -hmm. platform? It looks pretty interesting. D-U-B-B. -B. So. Of course. That was well, my all last All the words one, are though. being taken up. Yeah. 
That was my last one. So okay. we'll, we'll end on that one. If you want to be able to show a return on your investment in video, invest in an intermediate or advanced video hosting platform. Mm-hmm. Whether it's Vidyard or whatever's right for you. Right. But, yes. Okay. Great. Well, should we hear from our sponsor again? I don't know if we need to read that. <laughs> just, the, uh, just the top. Tired of hiring self-important copywriters to create your ad copy, video scripts, or social posts? Of course you are. It's time to finally do what all those targeted LinkedIn and Instagram ads are telling you. Leave it to AI. .io.ai.org. Uh, with their simple interface, just start your first sentence, and it pretty much writes itself from there. It doesn't. It failed. Rewind a few minutes and listen to the first <laughs> spot. It's an interesting story. Well, anyway, it's like watching Android's Dream of Electric Sheep. AI.io.ai.org. Or maybe just stick with your copywriters for a while. Now, you go rest that voice. Yeah. I, Got some directing I, in the next couple of days. Oof. I got... Uh, I got work to do. Gotta, gotta treat the old pipes better here. Mm-hmm. This is, uh, okay. Well, thank you for joining us on this episode of the Video Reformation Podcast from our brand new studio. I'm sure we'll do some social posts. We'll give you a tour. Um, we'll give you a little Get tour. A Maybe look at some of the more behind the scenes elements here. There's a there's a bear's skull behind me. Mm-hmm. Um, Were you just wearing that? Oh, yeah. You've been wearing that the whole time. Yep. Okay. Definitely. Abs- Great. This is my um, this is my episode fifty two uh, wardrobe. Okay. Because I was I was sweating so much I changed sure. my clothes. Yeah. Um, it's important to bring this up because uh, we want to tell you what our next episode is going to be. So we just finished a stellar discussion, uh, of course, about it was the- really good. Uh, Vidyard 2021 Video and Business Benchmarks Report. Um, we have just been notified that Wistia has dropped their 2021 State of Video Report. And so in our next episode, we will be taking a look at that report, just like we finished looking at Vidyard's report uh, in this episode. So uh, make sure you join us for episode 53 of the Video Reformation Podcast. Thanks so much. Thank you.